from the Take 50A. It is your boy, Sweet Key. But not under the weather, but I've screamed for the last 12 hours straight. So um, this pod's going to sound extra sexy today. Um, we have a special guest on who's going to help us do a double review, a throwback review, and review for Dr. Sleep. First, we're going to start off with The Shining, because we have not talked about that movie enough and how great it is, and talk about, you know, some theories, some spoilers, possible sweet movie morsels to go with it. And then to finish off the review process, we're going to talk about Dr. Sleep, because we saw it this past weekend. Um... We'll give you our full thoughts. We'll go in a little bit of spoilers. I mean, The Shining and Dr. Sleep go hand in hand. Dr. Sleep's the sequel. And to round it all off, we will give our special guests top five movies of all time. Take 58. It's your boy, The Sweet Keeks. And who do we have? Who do we got online here? We, we got the other Sweet TC Keeks. I am glad you are back safe and sound. Uh, this is gonna be a fun, fun episode. <laughs> they're all they're all fun takes. And, oh, every single one. Yeah, and I want to introduce our guest today. He is Seth Stewart. He was also our giveaway winner uh, back when we started Instagram. So he got a flat, just twenty five dollars. And I don't know what he used it for. Whatever he did, <laughs> he, he sought to he see Arctic dogs. So he, um, I want to I want to shine some light on Seth. He's actually my new. Kamiko, you're not being replaced. Yeah, you're being replaced. You're in Arkansas. <laughs> I see the I see the painting on the wall. However, you say that saying. Uh, but yeah, he's kind of been my new movie guy. I see movies alone, but uh, like when there's a shot, sometimes some interesting movies. Um, he, you know, we always go and watch. So, Seth, welcome. Thank you thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure so far. I'm always wanted to be on a podcast, so I'm. Making my bucket list come true, at least one part of it. <laughs> oh my gosh. And just to make it on the sweet film talk, you I I I dude, I don't know how much higher you can get from here. Oh, that's true. I, I totally agree. I, I remember when Tanner said he was he did film podcasts and I didn't really believe it <laughs> at first. But and then when and then I finally found out like Instagram and I was like, Oh, this is legit and then I started listening and then I became a winner and it actually uh that twenty five bucks went to a to a movie. I think I saw. Oh, uh, good. I can't remember what movie I saw with it, but it did help with the popcorn. Oh, and with the popcorn, oh, I always. <laughs> but thanks. <laughs> if you, if, imagine if you just went to like an AMC and bought the Bavarian Legend and then just left and ate it. Yeah. <laughs> See, he is. You know, he is. You know, totally replacing you. You were the popcorn guy, so it goes hand in hand. <laughs> You've just got to go and buy a um. What's it called? You've just got to go buy some mozzarella sticks. And make it late to a movie. And then, bam, you're the new Keeks. <laughs> true, true. Uh, but no, Seth's on. been a great friend. I met him through some other friends two years ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah roughly. Two years, yeah. And we kind of hit it off talking about Breaking Bad. We talked about Bre- Better Call Saul. Ooh. And then just some other movies. I was like, all right, this guy's a movie buff. And he is a movie buff. And like you said, really excited to hear his top five. I don't know anything about his top five. Probably, I think you've probably seen more movies than I have, easily. I yeah yeah <laughs> yeah we did like i got the list of 200 movies and i think i we were at a wedding and i started just telling him oh i've seen this i've seen this and then tanner's like i've never even seen those movies i'm like oh and then we just kind of compared and contrast and i, I guess maybe i have seen more movies than yeah. you <laughs> so uh seth's gonna be logging on from now on i'm i'm gonna you know take a back seat 
We're just both signing off. Seth, we're uh, passing the baton to you. Oh, thanks. Okay. I'll take Welcome it. to your new co Welcome to your, your new host of the Sweet Film Talk. Yeah. Seth, everyone. Um, you know what? Actually, speaking of all the movies you've seen, um, I have been over the last few days, starting in the 1970s, and I'm in 2005 right now, on Wikipedia going through the list of every year of movies that have come out. And I've made a list of how many movies I've seen just going through this list. Do you guys want to know how many I've seen? Just like as of what Friday, I guess, is when I finished. Not finished the list, but got as far as I could. Wow. Um, Must have been slow at work. (laughs) Uh, No, I was at... (laughs) Um, Anyway, anyways, Uh, anyways. You know, I'm going to say you're at 480. Good guess. Yeah, that's a good guess. This is up through know. 2005 from 1970. I say around, I say around like 400 movies. Is that okay. There? All right. I, I, I like those li- those guesses. I'm at 674. Whoa. Wow. 674. Yeah. So oh, oh my um, just, just, to, just to name off some that I had totally forgotten I had even seen was, uh oh my gosh, what was it? Uh, Agent Cody Banks 2. Destination oh, London? Man. Yeah, I totally forgot that I saw that. I love Frankie Muniz. Who doesn't? Is it isn't isn't Paul Giamatti in the first one? No, that's Big Fat Liar. That is Big Fat Liar. Yes, that's a yeah, classic. We, we, you know, we're gonna do a whole pod dedicated on Big Fat Liar one of these days. It's coming, folks. Stay tuned. I love Big Fat Liar. Not gonna, yep, here it is. Five sixty one. Big Fat Liar. Oh, right, right here classic. on the list. And a uh, Max Keeble's Big Move. That was another one. I was like, oh, okay. that's right. I saw that. Okay. I think I remember that one. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. That was like 2001. Wow. Maybe. Um, Rod Tomatoes, Disney Plus, hire this guy. He'll add some more uh, Disney movies that you guys are missing. <laughs> <laughs> Just get him, break him out of the Disney vault. Right? Jeez, I love it. Send us more money. We're running out of uh, your the last check that you gave us. That's amazing. Disney, right, please. What a, you know, during Thanksgiving or Christmas, I'm going to do the same thing, and I'll probably have 670 movies when I'm roughly 40 years old, but you know, I'll, I'll get there, but you, you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised at how many you've seen. Cause I don't think I've seen that many crazy movies, but like it builds up. We've seen a lot, especially like 2000 to the 2010s. Yeah. You'll be surprised. I'm sure yeah. Seth, you'll feel the same way too. It's like, Oh wow. I've seen way more than I thought I have. I'd like to, I would like to check that out and see how many I've actually seen. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be really cool. Let's oh yeah. Many. I was like, oh, might as well. So um, speaking of speaking of the movies that I'm watching, I finally, finally, in preparation, um, saw this The Shining. So add that to my list. My gosh, what did you think? And yeah, so let's get into the Shining review here because Seth's got a lot to talk about, and I know you do, Keeks. And you know, I missed I missed it. I'm gonna say that this should be my number one horror movie that anybody can watch. Oh yes, let's go. Like, pol- Poltergeist, take a step down. Shining, you're you're number one. When a stranger calls, you're off the list. You've been replaced. <laughs> you're the new Tyler. Now. Sorry, sweetheart. Um, you know, the shining was very eerie. And I had seen clips, you know what I mean? I've seen memes and all that stuff, so I kind of knew what was coming. I wish I hadn't. However, it was a great movie. And the performances were awesome. And like I said, like eerie tense, very suspenseful. And I'm just going to give you my grade right out of the gate here. I'm going to give it an A. I think this is an A quality movie, whether it's an A minus, A plus, A. A quality movie just from the performances. 
the screenplay adaptation that uh, Stanley Kubrick did. And I think everybody should watch this movie because it's that good. It's iconic. I mean, it's one of the best horror. It is one of the best horror movies of all time. Am I, am I wrong? No, you're not. No, I, I would say that is not a hot take. I'd say that's a pretty. Yep. I'd say it's, it's pretty, top. Pretty warm. Two, maybe three. Yeah. 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 And it's not like it's not very scary. Scary. There's no really jump scares. Uh, I'd say the scariest thing is, jeez, bathtub lady. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty revealing. I was like, shout out ninth grade sex ed class. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting that. Uh, so hi, and uh, you know, it, like I said, it's just a good good film. And Ready Player One really prepared me for The Shining. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot about that. So, yeah, I thought it was great. Um, should we get into some spoilers? I mean, I think everyone that listens to this pod has probably seen The Shining. If you haven't, then um, I think, Tanner, you're the last one that listens who hasn't seen The Shining, maybe. Uh, yeah, you know, I think you're right. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Seth, go for it. Uh, what do you think of it? Any, you know, dive into spoilers a little bit. Give us your thoughts. Um, so I actually saw The Shining the first time about two years ago. It was when I got home from my mission. And I always heard how iconic it was and how scary. It was like one of the top, one of the top scariest movies you could ever watch. And I was like, I don't really believe it, but let me, I remember it was at Nef, it was on Netflix at the time. Yeah, that's where and I watched I, it. And I, I, I shockingly watched it alone because I was just like, I thought, oh, this is 1980. Like, it's not going to be that scary because I've seen, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And it was like, that was in the 70s. And, like, that movie didn't scare me that much. It was just kind of disturbing. So I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going sh- to shoot my shot and, like, see how this is like. And I remember just being terrified. The music, the score. The, the music is so good. Oh, true. I think that that music is what definitely makes that movie one of the scariest because like just the the violins the creakling the you just you feel like needles are under your skin most of the time Ooh, that description <laughs> thank you <laughs> <laughs> and i just fell in love with the just the story and then how jack nicholson played jack torrance oh just, he killed it he just killed that performance and then Sheesh. and i just watched how this relationship between this husband and wife just suddenly just it just it escalates to this just this terrible situation where Jack just loses his mind, tries to kill Danny and kill his wife, and you're just like and the parts that really just get me are you're just seeing this the uncomfortable scenes between Wendy and Jack when they're just sitting down and he like starts blowing up at her, he's having like writer's block. Oh, that and scene. I think that scene was probably my favorite. One of my, one of my favorites is when she comes in like all just happy to see him. And she, he blows up on her saying, do not come in here while I'm working. Like that was acted so well. And then obviously we know what happens when she discovers the papers. <laughs> yeah. You see the papers, and then I just remember making a comment when you just see, I, I can't quote the line perfectly, and she's just like looking at the the, the manuscript or the, the script or for the book, and it just says the same lines, and I'm like, okay, this guy's completely lost his mind. 
And uh, and then I, I just love, the, I know this is kind of a spoiler part. The part that makes me kind of laugh, but it disturbingly, it's very disturbing, is when he's on the store, on the going up the stairs, and he's like, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash your brains in. And oh, like, I know. And you're just like, what the heck is going on? And that those just scenes are so uncomfortable, but they're acted so well. And they, it's just one of those movies where you don't really know what's going on. And you're kind of like just trying to f- like figure out why is he going crazy. And then you have Danny, who's that boy is just a perfect, a perfect young actor. Just he is. Who played Tony and, you know, doing that rad rum and, you know, all the great like things that happened between that and i just i just fell in love with it and it's one of those movies that i still get those needles under my skin i still get uncomfortable and i feel unsettled and and then kubrick just with those cinematic shots are just it's just a perfect film in my opinion you know all work and no play makes jack Jack a dull dull boy boy. boy. (laughs) i i have to say i mean as everyone there's only what? There's only like five actors that really appear throughout the movie. Yeah. I think the best, in my opinion, my favorite performance is Shelley Duvall because just the way that she acts with her face, facial expression is so important in acting. And to see, you really feel the terror as you're watching her, you know, watch her family collapse around her. I mean, her son is, has these special abilities. Her husband is going insane just by being secluded in this hotel and she's the one trying to keep everything together. And Oh my gosh, it's just, she's, I, I think she's so great. And just her face when Jack breaks through the door is like, here's Johnny. And she's just freaking out and has the knife in her hand. Yeah. It's yeah. She, she kills it. She does. She does a really good job. And didn't Seth, you were telling me that behind the scenes, Stanley Kubrick was just a, Total jerk to her, correct? Oh, I don't know if you've heard this, Keeks. He's infamous but, for that, yeah. And I saw some clips. I didn't watch a ton, but I watched like you know roughly about a five minute clip uh, the the day after The Shining, and he is pretty brutal to her. Didn't didn't she have to go to counseling? Is that true? Yeah, I think there's a documentary called Room Two Three Seven that you definitely can watch. I've seen that one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was on Hulu, and it it, it talks. I think. You see behind the scenes, like what's how Stanley acted, and how he would like do like 122 takes of the same thing, and he was just very, you know, Stanley's a perfectionist. He he wants to make things perfect. He likes like the way that he directs things. It just has to be perfect. And I know with her um, and her portrayal as Wendy, he he was pretty ruthless to her. And I think he said, like, after the movie, I'm not, I don't know how accurate I am. I just watched things and heard that he said I had to be that way for her to perform at her best. But she did, like, have to do counseling. I think it psychologically messed her up. Yikes. Um, but it was like it took everything out of her to play that role. Yeah. Having a so director. No, there, like uh, the, um, there was, the, it's, the, it's the 127 takes of the baseball scene. Ended up, this is from, oh geez, from thevintagenews.com. I just Googled this. Um, uh, dehydrated with raw wounded hands and a hoarse throat from crying. Director's special requirements went so far that Duvall started losing her hair. So, sheesh. Also, Hitchcock was really famous for like being very, 
being kind of abusive to his actors involved with his films. So not to say that they're the same. I mean, Hitchcock's a genius. Stanley Kubrick's a genius. But sometimes behind genius, there's, you know, some personality struggles, I guess maybe you could say. Pushing people. But I think yeah, that's a great point. I, I, mean, I, I mean, that's what directors have to do. They have to do... I mean, that's a little extreme what Kubrick did. A little bit. However, however, you know, it turned out to be a incredible film and an incredible performance on her hands. And hopefully, you know, she's, you know, doing better, back on her feet. It's been almost 40 years. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> so, I, I think that's awesome. And as, as many of you guys know, um, Stephen King is not a fan of The Shining. Yeah. No. I didn't know that. Yeah. It, he does, he, because it's, it's not, I guess what the, he doesn't like it because it's not like his book. Stan, Stanley Kubrick changed a lot of things from the book to adapt it into the movie. Yeah. And that, and that's, and I, I just, I know that for a fact because after I watched The Shining for, I've watched it twice after my first experience with the, I watched it by myself that the first time. And I watched it again with my friend Trevor. Shout out to Trevor. If he's Ooh. listening, Trevor, you better be listening. <laughs> he's a good, he's a good friend of mine, and uh, we and we fell in love in that movie. And I was like, and I watched Ready Player One, and that's when I found out that um, Stephen hated the movie. And I'm like, how could you hate this? So then I I decided, you know what? Um, I had this goal to read more books last year, and I still continue to that goal. And I picked up The Shining, and I was like, all right, I'm going to find out why. And I can definitely say just. From my personal experience, the book is way different from the movie, but that doesn't destroy the art that Kubrick directed. Like it doesn't. Like you have to look at it in different lights. And I feel like if you read the book and then watched the movie, you could really hate it. Um, but you have to look at it in different lights because the adaptation that Kubrick brought was just, uh, in my opinion, just perfect. But I kind of like if I can understand why King felt that way after reading it. I wonder how many other you know writers feel about that with directors and whatnot. You know, you know, Tolkien would would love Peter Jackson's adaptation of Lord of the Rings. Are you kidding? Oh my gosh! I, uh, I Peter Jackson would probably invite him to move in with him, play with some oh, of yeah. his World War One memorabilia, whatever. Hundred uh, <laughs> percent. Now, here's kind of the conspiracy. Kind of wrap up our shining review. Did Kubrick film the moon landing? We have some little Easter eggs, and I know there's some other theories. What, what do you guys think? You want to shed some light on that? He did. Uh, I, I, I don't know. It's pretty convincing. I've, I've, after watching 2001 A Space Odyssey and just how beautiful that, that movie, and I might get, get some people or haters for me saying this, I think that movie looks better than Star Wars and special effects. From the originals. Oh yeah, and it came out like almost ten years before it. Too. Ten years wow. before. Yeah, and I, I just, I remember, I watched it. I just like, I remember, I bought it on like my Apple, like iTunes or something. And I was like, and my brother Jake said, "Oh, you need to watch this movie." And I was like, "All right, I'll, I'll watch it." And Jake used, my brother Jake used to do filming. Um, he was really into like filming and stuff way back then. So, and he said that's like one of his favorite movies of all time. So I was like, "All right, I'm gonna give it a shot." And I watched that movie. I'm like. Oh yeah, he filmed the moon landing. There's, just a, there's no way. Like, it just I just confirms watch that movie it. And it's just, it, I just watch it. I'm like, holy crap! How did you like do that at that time in like 1968? And then there's the the famous Easter egg and the Shining with Danny with his finger in his mouth and the sweater of the Apollo 11, which is a a hint 
that possibly he's trying to tell the audience that he may have moon landing. I'm not sure. Yeah, and to add to that, even this is this is kind of our sweet movie morsel segment. The conspiracy theory edition, I guess, is um, to start off. If you look at the moon landing, I was kind of reading up on some things. I never noticed this, but now that I'm thinking, I mean, the flag on the moon is kind of waving. And if it was on the moon, there's no air in space. It's a vacuum. So the flag would be stiff. And then another kind of, I don't know, it's what people say is the lighting is only coming from the sun. So you're only going to see one, you know, shadow version on the astronauts on the moon. But there are a lot of different shadows, I guess, that can be seen in the original moon landing, which is why a lot of people think, okay, yeah, this was definitely staged. And at that point, Kubrick had directed um, a political thriller in Dr. Strangelove. He had directed Lolita. He had um, directed, gosh, a couple other movies. And so to add to this of, you know, something maybe, I don't know, along the horror lines, but jump something even more science fiction-y, it, it makes sense. And in the, the book of the, in the book, The Shining, the room is number 217. And apparently when Stan, when Stanley Kubrick directed the moon landing, quote unquote, directed the moon landing, he kind of played along with it, but the guilt started to eat at him. So the rumor is the conspiracy is, is he directed the shining to throw in hints that, Hey, I'm admitting to the fact that I directed the moon landing, i.e. the shirt and the scene that Seth just mentioned, and he changed the room number from 217 to room 237 because the Earth is 237,000 miles away from the moon. Oh. And I think there's something, there's something along the lines of that the studio apparently where he filmed the moon landing was like number, number 237. I, I think that the, the, the documentary that Seth, Seth mentioned of, was it room 237? It's an interesting documentary, but there's a lot of crazy theories in there that kind of, you know, it kind of takes down all of the other theories that are actually good and bogs them down with a bunch of like really crappy theories that don't make any sense. But one of them that's interesting is the Studio 237 where he filmed the moon landing. So, yeah. Wow. I, I mean, wow. I, Sweet. I don't know. It, it could, Sweet though. Sweet movie could. morsel. Yeah. You know, one day... One day we will we'll, we'll find out for sure. But I love a good love a good conspiracy theory, and that's interesting. Thanks, Keeks, coming in hot. Oh, just golly, this is just a sweet movie morsel up 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 the wazoo right now with Seth coming in with the book facts and everything like that. Um, so, what are y'all's grades for The Shining? A plus. Yeah, I'd say A plus too. It's it's yeah, it's one of, it's, it's one of my all time favorites too. It's one that you can just watch over and over again. You pick up so many different meanings of it. Yeah, and yeah, just great. Um, anything else regarding The Shining? Um, no. Overlook Hotel, like sign me up for a bachelor party there. You know, if if it needs somebody to be stayed at, I'll, I'm there. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. 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 My it's so it's in Colorado and my cousins live in Colorado and one of my cousins took a tour of it and there's a section that you'll do. You can do like a ghost hunt kind of a thing. And there's a section where they have you play ring around the rosies. And he said that he could feel something grab his hand as he was playing ring around a rosies oh, in a no. section of the hotel. So yeah, Tanner, we'll, we'll book you that, uh, that okay. bachelor party as soon as it happens. Yeah. Let's go. I'll be jacked up on caffeine. I won't feel a thing. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, man. 
Uh, and it's still up. It's still up and running, right? Do they do, do tours? Do you know? Oh, yeah. I, I, I think. I don't know. I bet, I bet there are a lot of people that would do tours and whatnot there. Um, all right. Sweet. Love the Shining. Well, that brings us into our next segment and Dr. Sleep. Now, before we get to this, I want to share something. Shedding some light here on Keeks. Keeks is, uh, Keeks is letting everybody know his thoughts about the movie. Um, Keeks, do you mind if I share this? <laughs> go for it. Go for it. So Keeks gets on Rotten Tomatoes, but he would. And they, uh, they posted Rotten Tomatoes, a picture of Dr. Sleep and kind of the reviews of that. And so Kamiko says in the comment section, he says, On Instagram, this is on Instagram. To The Shining uh, maintains its own powerful voice while paying homage to the classic that came before it. And this other guy comments and says, did we watch the same film? This film relies on the shining throughout the entire thing. There isn't a second of originality in this and the new actors playing as the original cast. That was comic. And then he clacks back and says, you're right. Sounds like whatever you saw wasn't the same movie. Sorry, you had to sit through that. And then he comes back and says, ha, good one. <laughs> just no, just no response. Like he doesn't know what to say to that. And someone else chimes. It's just some other random and tags. The guy and says L. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I love it. That's great. Good for you. Keeks. Let them know. My first ever internet argument. And I won, I think you, Oh, you my, clearly my response it. had 15 likes. So, you know, not that I'm, it's up to, you 30. know, fishing for likes, it's but up to 31. Big time. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I'll take it. Watch out. Get some <laughs> Give friction me my on blue a sweet check, film talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I saw, we, Seth and I actually went and saw Dr. Sleep. We did. And oh, it was wow. the hottest theater I've been in. Terrible. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Terrible. I was about to just be like, just straight up in my underwear. Like my word, shout out to the bathtub lady. <laughs> just <in laughs> She the knew theater. what was up. She knew. It was it was so hot. I've never like the hottest theater I've been in was when we saw Civil War. Remember that, Kamiko, twenty sixteen. Oh my gosh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yes, that was scorching. So this was like the same thing. I I no. just I went into the theater. I had and like I thought you know you know when you go to a theater you like you always have like a jacket or like a hoodie because you expect it to be cold. I go in there and I turn to Tanner. I'm like, dude, it's like freaking hot in here. And you're like, you're like watching me take off all my clothing. And just I, to get I started to sweat. And then there's like scenes in Doctor Sleep where I was like on on edge and I was like sweating. And I was like, and then I had like something that was going in my mind at the time. I was overthinking a situation, so I was like stressed about that. And all this stuff was happening, and the theater was so freaking hot. And I was just like, I can't do this right now. It's like this is too much. It just just added to the intensity of the movie. But uh, yeah, Doctor Sleep takes place what 30, 40 years later. Yeah, thirty uh, years. Thirty years. Danny Danny Torrance is older. He's drunk, and there's this uh, cult, this group that are stealing people's shine or steam, is what they call it. Are they mm-hmm. called? I think they're called the Top Knot. Oh, true? I don't know. I they're, just know the, the girl's name knot. is Rosie. The True top. Knot. They're called the the True Knot. Okay. And so anyways, uh, Danny develops a relationship with this girl who's super powerful and they just, yeah, he just kind of mentors her and uh, yeah, that's basically kind of the summary of the film. And I thought this film was really good. Yes. I want to, I want to add, so it's directed by Mike Flanagan, which if you guys don't know 
Mike Flanagan is probably he's he's one of the best horror directors right now working. He directed Gerald's Game and some he directed Oculus and more recently something that me and Tanner loved, I think we gave an A+ plus to was The Haunting of Hill House, which is on Netflix, you can stream it. It's a series, it's like 8 episodes and this adds to it. This dude knows how to work a camera. He knows how to direct. And he wrote the movie and he edited the movie. Wow. And directed it. So you just think about the effort that goes into directing. Editing makes it even harder because you're trying to get a cohesive flow to the movie and writing good dialogue, like developing characters. It's so hard. And he did, he did it seamlessly. It's such a great addition to The Shining. And Stephen King approves of this one. I, I was just reading. He does like Dr. Sleep. Oh, that's awesome. That's, as he should. I mean, this film was tense. I thought, just shout out to Ian McGregor, one of my all-time favorite actors, because he stole my heart in Phantom Menace, or Phantom of the Menace, when I was six years old as Obi-Wan Kenobi. But no, I think he does a fine job, and I thought the performance by Rebecca Ferguson was awesome. So good. And this is our non-spoiler review, folks, so if you have not seen it, keep listening. And the girl did a great job, mm-hmm. too. Kylie Curran? Curran? Um, let me... I just had her name up. But yeah, keep going. Uh, I thought she did a wonderful dro- job as uh, Abra Stone. And a lot of times, you know, whenever I watch a film with, you know, kid actors, I'm... You know, like, ah, they're kind of cringy and whatnot. But yeah, this, it's really, really hard. Yeah, but she did a great job. Like, besides Stranger Things and and her, like, good job. So uh, I'm going to give Doctor Sleep. I only had a couple issues with it, and it's mainly kind of spoilery that I'll talk about. But uh, I thought, like, the first two acts were really good, and the third act was a little meh. Overall, but I'm going to give it a B plus, and it was scary. It was tense, and as as you all know, I'm not a big horror fan, but this was a movie that I actually really enjoyed, and it will probably make my top ten for the end of the year. So B plus from me. Dang. All right, Seth, what did you think? I I loved it. It gave me the same feeling as the The Shining did. Um, it's definitely. I would have loved to see. I'll talk about it in the spoiler review. Um, just because I don't want to say anything. I would have loved to see some something else happen, but I'll go ahead and talk about that later. But I gave it I would give it an A plus. Wow. Just because, right here. Just because I love uh Mike Flanagan. 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 Um ever since Haunting of And I believe that's one of the scariest shows where he, he just does these things with the camera that a lot of people don't do. And I I don't know. I think there's one episode of Haunting of Hill House. This goes off topic for just a second where he does one take for one episode. He doesn't do any cuts. Yeah, that's episode six, I think. And that was that was the premise that he used to pitch the show was it was all around the okay, we're going to have one episode be in one take. And that's what helped get the show picked. Yeah. And I remember watching that scene and I was just like, oh, my gosh. And he just did those long like takes in this uh, Dr. Sleep and the cinematography is perfect and wonderful cast. I mean, I, I like shout out to Chris Stuckman, um, a good Stucko. movie. Stucko, yes, let's Stucko. go. Yeah, he, Love the Stucko. Stucko Come on, pod, get, please. <laughs> I, we need him on the five. That would be dope. He's so cool. And uh, he just, I, I agree with him when you just, you just feel for these characters. Like 
you you feel for Dan Torrance and like Ian McGregor did a fantastic job and that that girl actress has uh, ab- uh what's her name like Kylie Curran Kylie Curran uh, yeah Kylie Curran she Curran. just did Curran <laughs> she does a great fantastic job yeah performance uh, is awesome uh, I couldn't agree okay I do have one thing I guess I'll ask it when I get into a little bit more into my thoughts but I. I'm with you guys. What I think works so well and what you see in Haunting of Hill House is the characters. Is you get so invested in the different characters they're in. And even in Gerald's game, you're invested in the situation that the character is in and trying to escape from the handcuffs. That it's, you know, this movie's two and a half hours long, but you just love every interaction that you get. You love seeing Danny go from where he is to where he ends up. And this new girl, Abra, and the group with Rosie the top and their villains, but you're still so invested in everything and you realize that's the writing that works so well. Their characters are so compelling and you want to see what ends up with them. It keeps you invested. And I think that makes up the majority of my grade. I gave it an A minus for similar reasons why Tanner um, gave his grade. Um, I think the third act, the first two acts, two and a half acts feel original. They feel fresh while also, um, building upon what was previously brought in in The Shining. The third act, that last half of the third act, feels a little redundant, which, I mean, probably going along with the book, it goes back to the Overlook Hotel, so it's not it's not any fault. It's just kind of, it's just something I didn't really enjoy. I think it's an A-. minus. Another thing was, did you guys notice that the movie had like a weird blue hue to it the whole time? Yeah, yeah, I I, uh, I also noticed that. Okay, because I, I, I was like, is it like my, th- is it the theater that I'm in? Like, is it the the saturation in the like of the projector that I'm watching this on? And that I felt got a little distracting. I don't know why it doesn't take or add on anything to it. It was just, I didn't know if that was just me or the movie yeah. as a whole. I, I, I recall watching Enemy with Jake Gyllenhaal. And it had a yellow hue throughout, like that's the whole right. Movie. Yeah, it does. And I think it adds to the effect. But no, I, I know what you mean with the blue. It wasn't distracting to me, fortunately. So maybe maybe Arkansas theaters are a little outdated. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we don't do reserved seating, so yeah, I think that tells you something. Okay. Uh, but yeah, let's get to the, some spoilers. So, folks, if you have not seen this movie, Doctor Sleep, uh, we are about to get into some spoilers here pretty soon. Yeah, in three. three Two, Two, one. All right, everyone, it's your boy, the Sweet Keeks. If you want to avoid spoilers for Dr. Sleep, we think you should because it's really, 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 really good and you should see it. Skip to the timestamp of 41 minutes, 57 seconds. Sweet. Here's Danny Johnny. Dies. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so I'll get into my things that I didn't like. Like you said, Keeks, the third act. It felt a little fan servicey, and I haven't read the book, nor have I read The Shining. Nor I will I. Them, I didn't mind them going to the Overlook Hotel. I thought that was, you know, appropriate. However, mm-hmm. I didn't really care for the recasting scenes. Uh, the beginning was fine. <sighs> that made sense with Danny and um, Wendy being recasted. But, uh, you know, with Jack Torrance at the bar and just some of the 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 twins you know what i mean i knew i kind of knew he was going to let out the demons you mentioned that in the in the film uh, i saw that coming but i liked that yeah uh, uh that was just kind of my only thing was this the the 
the fan service and the nostalgia factor, a little bit of the overlook. And it took like a little, it took a little too long for him to walk around the hotel. And it's like, all right, we know you've been here. I thought that could have been tapered down a little bit, but that's really it. I mean, and I thought that the, the scene in the woods, boy, was that intense. The shootout. What a great scene. And also, I think one of the best scenes that just gave me chills up my spine was when the baseball boy and they're killing him and, he, and, and she can feel it like miles across the United States. That scene was tense. Jacob Tremblay, baby. That. That, that kid is so talented. If you guys haven't seen Room, Side note, go watch Room. He's in it. He's like four years old and got nominated for an Oscar for it. Yeah, so that that that, that those scenes were great, but that's like really my only beef that kind of brought down the movie to, to a B plus, and I thought it was pretty original through two and a half acts. So yeah, that's my my take. You guys take it away for the rest. I mean, I've I've said my I've said my piece. Yeah, um, I could see why the third act has its flaws because it kind of does feel a little bit. Um, a little bit redundant at times too. And I can see that the thing that I would have loved to see if they were going to just go back to the, you know, the overlook, I know this is a out of a million dollar shot that this would ever happen, but I really would love to love to have seen uh, Jack Nicholson play Jack Torrance again. Like if they did like the anti-aging like work, yeah. that one scene where at the, he's playing Lloyd or like kind of playing Lloyd for the bartender. Like, uh, I, cause the new guy, like no offense, wasn't that, I mean, he did all right, but like, it just wasn't, it, it wasn't Jack Nicholson. That kind of like put in a little sadness in my heart a little bit. <laughs> cause I just really wanted, like, it would have made it so much better to have him just for that one scene, kind of like a cameo to the originality, but that was a long shot want, but, and I, but I don't know the there's just so many great things about this movie that I enjoyed personally. And the thing, the things that the thing I love about Mark Flanagan's work is it's the little things that scare you with his work. It's like the flickering of a light. I think I, I jumped on the, I jumped in like the flickering of a light. I cussed. I won't say what I said, but um, it, it, uh, he just does these little things. And like, there's uh, the part that freaks me out is with, uh, Mrs. Uh, Massey, that's the old lady that's in the the bathtub, where Danny's uh-huh. like he's staring into the when it shows the camera staring into the bathroom, and she you just see her like slowly smile and look like that to me is so unsettling and just the and I just loved the the originality of that and also um that that boy scene the boy scene with the baseball the baseball boys is terrifying that was that, my favorite sequence and I, you you feel that he's actually in danger i'm sitting there thinking like oh my gosh that's exactly how a kid would be crying or reacting to being in a situation like that and jacob tremblay i mean it's absolutely amazing that whole sequence and it's just so like it it got into my head where i'm like Oh my gosh, like what if this is real? Like what if there are people that go around just like taking kids and they think that they're feeding off their life force to feel forever, like to live forever? That concept is very it just seems very far-fetched, but the fact that there are groups of people that are so sick and twisted that will prey on even innocent kids, it, it just like it got under my skin and that's what I think to add on what you guys have said is it makes you feel like oh, like so gross that these are real life things. Like 
real life people are out here preying on the innocent. And a lot of horror movies, you know, it's like you got the demon Cthulhu of the under deep trying to like, (laughs) you know, terrorize a family. And like, yeah, that's scary in the moment. Like, oh, demons. But after you leave, it's like, I mean, the chance of me encountering a demon Maybe with Becky, it's a little bit higher than for anyone else, but um, it it um, it doesn't seem super real. But the the problems and the difficulties that these people face, like alcohol, alcoholism, and um, you know, not wanting, you know, being too being too afraid to like achieve and go out and do the things you know you're destined to do. If they're actual fears that people have, and I feel like they make it, you know, cinematic while also keeping it grounded as well, and that's what I really liked. And I agree with that, and. Like the the I love what they do with the old with Doctor Sleep's take with uh, Dan Torrance helping the uh, I the love that people. too. Like because the whole premise like of the movie is the like your fears like having fears of you know being an addict having fears of death and the whole that group that cult wants to live forever and they'll do anything to live forever. They, they would, live off your fears too. They live off fear and they will kill to. They will kill as much as like, they'll do anything unethically. They'll kill a boy to become, to live forever. And then you have Dan Torrance who follows this uh, this cat that has this like sixth sense feeling. And when they know that um, a person's, it's their time to go. And I just love when Dan talks to them and he says, you know, it's it's just like going to sleep. And he just eases their pain. And that that to me is that that's kind of like the good emotional side of of this movie is that there is another side and kind of like there's and that death is upon us all but like the fears just it shouldn't be there because it's inevitable at some times but I don't know I just love that what he does to the, 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 the old people like he gives them that comfort he just says don't worry like it's just like going to sleep and he comforts them in their last moments and that's what makes it that's the little like emotional side of the movie that I like really love yeah and I think because I, I went into the movie thinking, why do they call it Doctor Sleep? I don't get that. And it makes the title feel very light, even though it's a very heavy movie. Mm-hmm. I, I does anyone have any? I think we've kind of gone over everything. We we all loved the movie. I actually have a user review that we got from Twitter that I wanted to read real quick. We love it when you guys send us these things. Obviously, um, this this review comes from King James. And he said, just left movie theater seeing Dr. Sleep with wife and man. We both agreed how good it was. Love the correlation and references back to the original The Shining. Job well done. Oh, Kylie Curran, you're amazing. We love you. So uh, King James, I think his it looks like he's LeBron James is the name that he's under. That's like his headlining name. So thank you so much, King James, (laughs) for sending us this review. We really appreciate it. Um, keep yeah. sending us in reviews, you know? Love it. Thank yeah. you, LeBron James. That's it. Yeah, that's it. That's his name. Yeah, okay. Thank you, LeBron. We, 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 yeah, keep it coming. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, I, King I, James, I, cool. <laughs> I was like, wait, I even, I even, I even just got on our Twitter. I was like, who, who's King James? <laughs> and I realized I sent you that. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, God. he did. That's so funny. Yeah, Dr. Sleep is great. Go see it. I thought this movie should have been released two weeks ago and prep for Halloween. My gosh. Amen. Oh, instead of countdown, I should just yeah. dumped countdown in a in a trash can and burned it. Oh, yeah. Have Doctor so, Sleep come out instead. <laughs> Doctor Sleep was great, and The Shining's great. Two great horror, you know, eerie on your edge type of movies. 
And yeah, that's that. So I think we're ready. I think we're ready for Seth's top five to finish out this pod. I'm calling it. The Shining is one of them. I'm going to call it. Seth, are you ready? Uh, I'm ready. I, 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 I'm, uh, this was actually one of the hardest questions. I, we, uh, we've gotten that before, so yeah, it's, it's okay. Because like, there's so many movies I love. Like, If I had to pick like 25, I could do a lot of room. And I would say The Shining is in that category. And I would say The Shining's in my top 10, but it's not in my top five. I'll, I'll let you all that know that. Um, but it is in the top 10. It is definitely there. Um, so I'm going to go out, out and start my first movie. And number five. <laughs> number five. Number five. Yeah, there is, we go. Go five through one. I was talking to Tanner because like I, I'm in a debate. I was like in a debate of three movies of like what would I put five as. And I might get judged for this because it is a chick flick. So just like... <laughs> Get, oh, no judgments. On, no judgment on me. It's uh, The Edge of Seventeen. With oh, Hulk. I've heard that one's so good. I started watching it. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I got tired and I didn't finish it. It was like two in the morning. <laughs> I love that movie just because I love, uh, what's her name? Haley Steinfeld. Haley Steinfeld. And she's wonderful in True Grit if you ever have the opportunity to yes. see it. I think she was, I think she yeah, was it's, Oscar. It's got good reviews. Yeah, it's, it, and yeah. it's, it has a, uh, okay. oh, what's his name? Willie Woody Nelson. Harrelson. I know I said well, William yeah, Elsa. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> and he's hilarious in that movie. And this is a rom com. Yeah, I love a good rom com. Yeah, it, it was on Netflix. Is it still on Netflix? It's on Netflix. You can watch it on Netflix right now. And I, it's just one of those movies where this character, she does such a good job of playing this adolescent teenager who like overthinks. And I don't know, like I, you can learn a lot from this movie. And I, it's not like your stereotypical like jocks and it's just about a story about this girl who you know has some issues and grows up and i i love it and i i watch it a lot i'm not gonna lie it's one of my favorites i love that and i love i love willie uh uh harrelson's uh comic comedic timing it's like so first, funny the first scene in the movie where she comes in and she's like depressed she's like i think i'm gonna kill myself and he's like all right, so is this the eighth time that you think you're going to do it, or are you going to actually do it? This like it's such a serious topic, but he makes it so light and kind of jokey. Which yeah, he's suicide like, oh. isn't a joke, but they played off well. Yeah, he goes like, "Oh, I was actually writing my own suicide note as soon as you were walking." <laughs> that's you know, what it is. Yeah, that's what it is. And Huber goes a long way. Yeah, huh? I'll have to check that out. Uh, it's great. Yeah. yeah, I would check it out. Bit that it's, I've watched. It it was bad because like I was like uh, I. Didn't want to. I love like the original Star Wars. That's in my top ten. It was between that and that, but I just I don't watch Star Wars as much as I used to. Like, but I do love it. It's definitely in my top ten. But I picked this one just because I don't know. It's just, I love it. I love the characters. It's a good ride. It's not like a fake romantic comedy kind of movie. It's it's just original and I like it. Okay. Um. So yeah, going to four. Four brings me back to. I think it was 2017, um, winter time. Oh, I think I know what it is. Is a uh, Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. Let's go. Blade Runner 2049 with Brian Gosling, um, Arma de Amas. I think that's her name. Oh yeah, Anna de Armas. Yeah, Anna yeah. de Armas. I that movie. I fell in love with that story, and I just think it was very underrated at the time that I left. Like a lot of people didn't go and see that movie. Um, at least I saw it like four times in the theaters because I fell so in love with it. Just it was twisty, bending, and made, you had to do critical thinking. And 
I the cinematography, the atmosphere, and it gives you that just that futuristic vibe, and it looks so real, and it it just it gives you a chance to escape. And I just fell in love with that movie and the film score, and like Tears in the Rain. It was by the original, like the original Blade Runner, where it talks about like all these moments will be like Tears in the Rain, which is one of my favorite improvised scenes of all time. Oh, that's that's on the rooftop, right? The rooftop. The yeah, that was improvised, I believe. And, Sheesh. And that just is so profound. And they play that same music at the end of Runner Toy 4-9. If you, I won't say anything if you haven't seen it. Oh, I didn't ever notice that. I need to watch it again. I'm yeah. not going to lie. Runner Toy 4 that was a, one of my favorite theater experiences in 2017. It was beautiful. Mm. It was like great, great. Experience. That's awesome. I love yeah, that. Number yeah, four. Number four. And Great yeah, pick. go see it. It's one of my favorites. And I actually read do the the book that was based off, which is Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, which is a weird book, but it's what the movies are based off. So if you want to ever read it, it's it's pretty good. Um, um so, I think uh uh Blade Runner twenty forty nine is streaming on HBO now. So if you have that you can go watch it there. Beautiful movie. Um so number three. Number three takes me back to the Orlando airport i rented this movie and my grandma shout out to my grandma she listens um <laughs> she uh she was like you need to thanks watch grandma thanks <laughs> out to my grandma in tahoe uh she was like you need to watch this movie and i was like okay I- i'm gonna rent it and i clapped at the end i actually rewatched it as soon as i finished it, it is whiplash oh oh <laughs> Wow! Nice, good one, good choice. You got some. Whiplash. Your first beer heavy hitters. I cannot wait to see what your other two are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Whiplash was. Um, J.K. Simmons one of the best performances I've seen in a while. Yeah, it, that movie. I just was on edge, and he's like so nice when he's on one on one. Then he just turns into this demonic like composer, and I just remember like him like it's you know pushing pushing your limits, going beyond what you're capable of. And and it, I just love that movie. And I still watch it a lot. Like, whenever I want to, like, just good movie, I know I'm going to love it. And that that last scene of the drumming is oh. just amazing. Absolutely fantastic movie. That's that's a great film. All right. Folks, if you have not seen that, all the sweets listening, Whiplash, put it on the, the to-watch list at the top. Yeah. So number two... Number two takes us, uh, I actually watched this with my father um, not too long ago. Like, I got, like, most of my favorite movies in the last two years. Um, just because before, I didn't really, I only, like, watched Marvel movies. But I wanted to, like, you know, I think movies you can learn a lot. And I'm very interested in, like, screenplays and, you know, cinematography. And one of my favorite screenplay writers, directors of all time is Quentin Tarantino. Yes. And number two would be Reservoir Dogs. All right! Wow, Reservoir Dogs, and I, Let's I just go. love that. I love the, my, I love the scene with Steve Buscemi, and he's like, "Why am I Mr. Pink? Like, why do I have to be Mr. Pink?" <laughs> and I just think that's just great. He does such, Quinnen does such a great job at these dialogues, and and I just love that mafia movie because, like, I don't know, it's just like that heist movie, and it was very like low budget. There's like five great actors and like six actors in it, and just going back and forth and it's just a great story and I, I love it. It's I watch it at least once a year now or like even like once every three months if I really am into it. Like I really love that movie. It's amazing. And that one's on Hulu. It is on Hulu. It is. Mm-hmm. Oh. 
Yeah, we talked about that in our independent films. That both, I think that made both our top fives. That, was that your number one, Keeks? Yeah, it was. Yeah, and that was my number two or three. So, yeah, great film. Love that. I, yeah, I, uh, I, should we do a drum roll for number one? Here we go. All right, we're ready. All right. I'm ready. You ready? I can't wait. <laughs> it's good. I don't know. I just I wonder what you guys think. So number one was very hard, and I want to say like I wanted to pick a movie that I like. I was talking to Tanner. I was saying like, what would I put for number one? Like, there's so many that I could say are my number one because it could it could change. But this one is definitely number one just because it it brings back childhood memories. And I know that I can still watch it today and feel the my childhood and growing up and just a good feel good movie and it would be the Iron Giant. Wow. wow. Let's go. Whoa. <laughs> the Iron Giant is such a, a beautiful movie to me because, you know, Okay. It's cartoon, and many many people would think like, why would you want to pick that movie? And I just think it's actually oh. a pretty dark movie. Um, if you rewatch it when you're older, and he talks about the Cold War, I remember watching it when it was when I was very young. I didn't understand what was going on because it's like same. I first saw it in like the year 2000, but I watched it all the time. Yeah, yeah it, it's it's it was just amazing because it. It wasn't like a... I haven't seen this in years. It's, uh, I saw it like twice when I was young. Young, yeah. It, it's definitely like it would cater to a younger audience, but I remember rewatching it not too long ago, and I, I still rewatch Every time I have rewatched it, it, just that ending, if you haven't seen it, where he like goes up into space and he says, I'm Superman, and like it gets you Brad emotional Bird. like every Brad single Bird, time. baby. And I think Van Diesel plays the Iron Giant. Yeah, he does. Uh, sure does. And I think they have like Jennifer Aniston who plays the mom. Right. Yep. And, and the the best name for a character ever in Hogarth. Hogarth, yeah. <laughs> and it's it's just it what it's actually a pretty dark movie when you watch it. There's some heavy topics that, you know, when, when I was a kid I didn't really understand, but you know, when you rewatch it it has it's a it's a beautiful film. And D- directed by Brad Bird who did The Incredibles. Oh, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. And it's yeah, a it's Rat- a Ratatouille too. Ratatouille. And those are all great movies. Underrated. And, you know, I I picked that for number one because I know that it's amazing. It's one of those just perfect movies, in my opinion. I love that. What a top five! I don't think Iron Giant is streaming. I feel like it was streaming on Hulu at one point, but not anymore. Yeah. No, that's a good top five. That's a very wow, diverse. Wow, that's a, that's a top, nice top five. That is a great top five, and that's the thing. every top five is great though. We love the top fives. And, you know, we want to invite everybody to do, write out their top five. Send it to us, and we'll read them. We will read them. It's Thanksgiving break. You might have some downtime. Review the pod and put your top five in your in your review with yeah, your five star rating. Exactly, and send us and send us a DM, and we'll 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 read it. Well, we will read your top five over the and pod. So we want to. Sp- I was going to say, speaking of sweets, I don't know if you're on the same page as me, Tanner. Oh, yeah. Well, I know what you're about to say. I'm going to say, but you, you go for it, then you announce it. Love to hear you announce it. Um, Geneva Megaplex, uh, Black Friday. I'm, is this what you're thinking? Yes, this is what exactly. I'm thinking. Uh, Keeks, and, Keeks will be in town with his wife, Becky, and we're going to do a little sweet film talk meetup. We've talked about this before, but we have decided on the time. Is it 725? Nope. 715. Geneva Megaplex. And it looks like there's a ton of seats open. So that they is the all day open. after Thanksgiving, after you've just mosh pitted at Best Buy, Kohl's, whatever you've done, come rest your feet. 
And actually, suggestion by Mark is there's Dairy Queen just down the road. So we're going to go see Knives Out, and then afterwards go to Dairy Queen, uh, freeze a little bit more with some ice cream, talk about some movies, Knives Out, all that stuff. Yeah, we'll bring our pod stuff so we can get your guys' takes and throw it into the pod. Perfect. Yeah, I think Dairy Queen probably has Wi-Fi. I mean, Jesus, 2019. Oh, Who are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's the plan. We'll, we'll announce it on the, on the Instagram as we approach it. But uh, golly, what, a, what an episode today. Great take. 58. I, I, don't know how, I don't know if I have anything else to say, but what a, what a top five. Thank you. Dr. Seth, Sleep and The Shining. Love that you came on. Oh, thank Great you. input on all the movies. Love your top five. Um, I have nothing else to say. I saw Kanye West last night, so that was really cool. <laughs> yeah, we can just end right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> last night was indeed, as the kids say, a movie. Thank you, Travis Scott. Come on the pod. Oh, please do. <laughs> but no, yeah, Seth, we want to thank you for coming on the pod, for being a listener, being an active supporter, and watching movies and enjoying life. Oh, thank and for you. being Thanks a sweet. We love that. I enjoyed it. I I really always wanted to do this, and you know, hopefully, maybe in the future, I'll come back on. Who knows? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I, when, I, when uh when when uh, Mrs. Insomnia comes out, well, we're there. <laughs> Down. Um, All right, yeah. Seth, are you gonna take us out? Are you gonna end us with a nice sweet? Oh yeah, sweet. Okay, like it. Ooh, sexy. All sweet. right, everybody, take it easy. Sweet. Sweet. Sweet.